see. I don't know where it is. A little dust on that. I had it around here somewhere. <laughs> I don't. Oh, hey, Art. How you doing? In the world are you looking for? Well, Art, I'm. I'm actually looking for my faith. <laughs> I, I don't know where it is. I had it around here. In fact, I had a, a tight grasp on it, holding steady. But for some reason, I, I don't know, I've, I've, I've just lost good, my good faith. <laughs> well, that can be the circumstance with a lot of people. Just simply lost my faith. And what a provocative kind of story that's given in the Word of God in Mark 10. Because it's the story of a man who was trying to exercise his faith. And yet there was a very interesting question posed. And it was posed by the Lord Jesus himself, this son of miraculous birth, this son of sacrifice. This Jesus, this one person in all of human history, the more that you know about Jesus, the deeper in love you fall with Jesus. Everybody else, the more you know about them, the less you like them. But it's this Jesus. Now listen. Listen to what the Word of God has to say in Mark 10. Then they came to Jericho, and Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crown, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and he was begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped, and he stood still. And he called him. He called to the blind man, and so they called, and they said to the blind man, Cheer up. Get up on your feet. He's calling you. Well, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said, What do you want? The blind man said, I want to see. Go said, Jesus Christ, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight, and he followed Jesus along the road. Now think about that. This man, Bartimaeus, you know, he, he was blind. He didn't just have macular degeneration of just partial sight. He was a man who could not see. 
He had never seen the smile of his mother on her face. When he looked up high into the sky of Jericho to see millions of stars, all he saw was just black. When he went to bed at night in the darkness, when he awoke the next morning and he opened his eyes, he saw the same darkness. He was blind. I mean, here is a man disheveled. Here is a man who was just an outcast of the day. He was marginalized. He wouldn't have been up front where everybody could see. He was, he was near the back. He just had a little cup, and he's rattling a little bit, just, just begging, just asking for something. You know, in some way, he, he was working. <laughs> he was just trying to work. And here, on this occasion, this Jesus, this son of miraculous birth is coming. And obviously, Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus. He knew that name, and he cried out, Jesus, son of David. Well, he was there in Jericho, only 18 miles from Jerusalem where the king had been, King David, and here he's crying out, Son of David. And Jesus overhears this word. If you and I had been there that day, we would have pushed him back to the side, you know. He, he was really marginalized. A beggar. We would have shoved him far to the back. And you and I would have been there in the front near the roadside trying to touch Jesus, just trying to get a glimpse of his face. And Bartimaeus keeps yelling louder and louder, Jesus! Jesus! And finally, as the Bible says, Jesus stood still right there on the roadside, which means that he stopped. And he posed that question to blind Bartimaeus. What do you want? You know, <laughs> what do you really want? And Bartimaeus, out of a pure heart, just simply says, I want to see. Jesus knew that his motive was right that his heart was pure, and Jesus said, it is by your faith that you have been made whole. You know, what a powerful portion of the Word of God which poses that question to all of us here this morning. What do you want? You know, what do you really want out of life? You have the privilege to respond to the Lord in answering that question. There's a powerful scripture in the pages of the Older Testament in the Psalms that says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he would grant you the longing of your heart. And that word longing can also be interpreted to say, God would grant you the desires 
of your heart. So, what do you want? What, what do you really want? I talked with a young couple the other night, both 35 years of age, and they had tears in their eyes, and they said, Charles, we've been wanting a child for 10 years. We want a child. He said, we want a baby so bad that it hurts. <laughs> Have you ever felt that kind of passion? Something that, that you really want in terms of the great longing and desire of your heart that, that it just really hurts, you know? Well, Jesus said to Bartimaeus, it's by your faith. So, you know, if, if your desire in life is, is not really much, then you don't really need much faith. But if you have a great desire, a great passion, and a great longing, then the requirement is great faith. The requirement is powerful, energizing, passionate faith. Such an interesting thing to think about passion because passion is, is really something of zeal and energy and, and great desire in life. You know, passion really comes out of the what I want. <laughs> and here, Jesus said, it's by your faith that you have been made whole. My wife, Loretta, has a sister, and her name is Linda. And Linda's married to James. By the way, my wife, Loretta, is, is from this area, and it's such a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, she was from the Crystal Springs Church, Loretta Airgood. And I looked at her 40 years ago on the college campus and said, Loretta, wilt thou? And she wilted. And we've been together ever since, you know. Uh, a great woman. In fact, she has taught me about sacrifice in life, that sacrifice is really giving up something you love to give to something that you love more. Anyway, uh, she has a sister named Linda, and Linda and James are married, and They've been working for the National Park Service for many years. You know, they, they kind of wake up in the morning and kind of look out at blah scenery, you know, Grand Canyon National Park, you know. Three or four years, you just keep waking up to this kind of uh, blah scenery. And, and then they go and live at uh, Grand Canyon, and then they go to uh, Bryce Canyon National Park, and, you know, kind of a mundane kind of life. And then from there, you know, they go to the Grand Tetons and then over to Yosemite and just wake up every morning and just look at a postcard. Do you know that for James and Linda, their greatest desire in life was to hike the Appalachian Trail? <laughs> just more than anything else. They wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail. 
2,160 miles from a little state park north of, of uh, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, all the way up into Tennessee, Smoky Mountains, the Virginias, close to Washington, D.C., all the way up into the New England states. Every morning, waking up, hiking 19 miles. 40 pounds on his back, 40 pounds on her back. Their greatest desire in life was to hike the Appalachian Trail. You talk about passion. I mean, <laughs> you know, they practiced, they rehearsed. You know, if you're going to get up every morning and walk 19 or 20 miles, you better have some good boots on. You know, I mean, like they paid over $200 for their boots. Wow. Well, I remember late one night, the phone rang about oh, 11 o'clock. And Linda was on the line. <laughs> she said, Charles, James and I are sick. We, we're in the Smoky Mountains. It was a couple of summers ago. It was a very dry summer. And she said, it's been dry in the Smokies. We haven't had water for three days. And we're sick. We're in a home. And, and she said, we haven't had a bath for 10 days. And when she said that, I held the phone out like this and said, can anybody in the room smell Linda and James? You know? She said, you know, we were so thirsty. We had such a desire, a passion to get some water that we came on a pool. And here was this pool. It was like three feet by four feet. And, and we kind of looked down and it was just kind of slime on the top. And there to the edge was like kind of emerald colored jello that just and we were so thirsty we were so desirous that our thirst would be quenched that we both just fell down to our knees and pushed that slime back and started lapping up that water it's probably what made us sick I was thinking of the scripture when she said that, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after you, O oh God. You know, a powerful passion within to know God. A powerful passion to let his mission be accomplished through our lives as a people of God. Now, if Linda and James were here today and there was a pool outside, would they drink from that? Absolutely not. But it was that moment in that time and they were thirsty. And they wanted something to drink. Kind of fast-forwarding from blind Bartimaeus into the early chapters of Revelation where Jesus is really speaking to the people's groups of Asia. 
the different churches there, and they were really just groups of people. And he said, you know, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're just kind of in this lukewarm position, and I just spew you out of my mouth. And I've thought again and again, you know, thinking about that, well, where am I in terms of my passion of wanting to fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus Christ? This one person, the more you know about him, the deeper in love you fall with him. Where am I in terms of my desire to know him more, my passion, my zeal, my energy? As you think about that, or Jesus is just simply saying, I, I spew you out of my mouth, talking to some of the people's groups of Asia. Sardis, Laodicea. And he, there was a man in, in an education world by the name of Mr. Lickert. And one day he woke up and he drew a line just on a blank sheet of paper. And under that line, he started numbering one, two, three. And he numbered all the way to ten. And he used that as a scale in terms of judgment, opinion. It's known as the Likert scale. You know, like one is, is low and ten would be high. Or one would be cold and ten is like just fire engine red, hot. You know, when, when I read those words of Jesus speaking to the churches of Asia, in the early chapters of Revelation, I, I just kind of figure in my mind, where am I on the Likert scale? In my love for Christ? In my desire to know more about Him? One is cold, two, three, four. Ten is hot. Passion, zeal, energy, fire. Where would I be on that Likert scale in my desire to allow God's mission to be fulfilled in my life, alive today in the name of Jesus Christ? <laughs> One, two, maybe a three. Where would I be on that scale in terms of great passion, great desire, Here's blind Bartimaeus, disheveled. Here's a man kind of out of the way. You would have thought the other leaders of the city would have been close to Jesus there in Jericho. They would have been up front, but Jesus chooses someone somewhat different than what you would imagine in the scene. It's not what you expected. It's not what you really thought, but Jesus calls Bartimaeus. He knew that his motive was right. He knew the great passion and desire in his heart. I want to see. Jesus posed that question. What do you want? He says that to you this morning. He says it to me. What do you really want? He said that to a mother 
at another time, another place. You remember just before the final great gospel banquet in the Last Supper, and this mother came to Jesus, and she had an ulterior motive. It was not pure. And Jesus said, what do you want? And she said, well, I want my two boys to sit by you when you have supper tonight. You're going to form this great kingdom, and I want them to be on the right hand and on the left. That's a very prestigious place to be. And Jesus knew that her motives were not right. Jesus knew that she came forth with a great desire that was extremely self-serving. And he rebuked her. What do you want? What, what do you really want? You have the privilege to answer that question. Because sometimes the situation is not exactly as you truly imagine it to be. Jesus says to blind Bartimaeus, what do you want? He said, I want to see. And Jesus gave the spiritual application that came from God. It is by your faith that you've been made whole. So, if you want a lot today, if you have a great passion and desire in life, then you need a great faith. If you don't want much, <laughs> then, then, then you don't need much faith. You know, it can just be just right there about an inch or so off the floor in terms of desire in life. There are times in life where what you see is not truly the way that it is. I was getting some potato chips the other night from the store. I usually go to the store once or twice a year, uh, directed by Loretta. And here was this giant bag of potato chips on sale, and got it home and opened and looked in. It was like four or five potato chips in it. This thing was full of air. It was not truly what it looked like. And that can be true with any of us at times where the circumstance may not be truly what you think it is. It appears, but it's not truly as you imagine. What does that mean to us in our own Christian life with a Likert scale? One, two, three. Here's this line from Mr. Likert. One is cold. Two, three, five, that's halfway. And ten is just high passion, great desire. You know, what would it mean for me to truly get hot for God? What would it mean for the First Church of God in St. Joe? You have such a wonderful heritage, a great congregation of faith known all across America by the Church of God. What would it mean with your new pastor leader coming into town where, where you as a people of God just really get hot for God? 
like you have never been hot before. <laughs> Allowing God to accomplish some great miracles in and through this church far beyond your expectation, far beyond your own belief. I mean, you know, coming to church and just sitting on the edge of your seat there with an anticipation and an expectation that God has a wonderful future for our new leader and our congregation, that the sky is the limit. You know, what would it mean to really get hot for God? You, you, you have a powerful new leader in David Culp and his whole family. Great people of God. You know, I'm talking about on the edge of your pew with anticipation, expectation. You know, there's some people that come to church on Sunday morning and they just, oh, oh, oh. oh. Okay, Pastor, what have you got for us this morning? Come on, come on, get it on, get it on, you know. You know, just, uh, uh. Yeah, But there are others that just sit on the edge of their pew with, with a sense of anticipation and belief that God is here and that we want to have a greater passion for God and allow him to do his miracle and transform this community for Christ. Not just talk, but I'm talking about really getting hot. Hot for God. Really hot with great passion, you know? You're at a very important time in your church's life. Because literally, with the choice of your new leadership, Pastor Comfer, I have great respect for him, you're creating your future. You really are. And it's the great desire within the people of God of what you want it to be that God allows you to answer that question that's really posed by Jesus. What do you want? What do you really want? And you have the privilege given by the Lord himself to answer that question. Intimately between you and God alone. You know? We find ourselves in situations that it may be an appearance, but that's not exactly truly what it is and in some way that's kind of the way it is here this morning you know <laughs> just not what you thought <laughs> now as you see that it's kind of like a hole and I made it into a hole because you know, every one of us here this morning, we have a hole in our hearts. And I hope that that hole could be plugged up with a great passion and a great desire to fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus Christ. 
this one person in all of human history. That's why Bartimaeus kept using that word, Jesus. Jesus, son of David. He didn't see history, but he had heard history. You think, well, Bartimaeus was just this disheveled guy over here to the side on this little pallet asking for alms. He was begging. Probably wasn't very bright. No, it's probably the opposite of that. He was probably very intelligent. <laughs> was he trying to get close to take advantage of all the church people who might have been there that day to see Jesus? Not at all. He had a great desire that was pure, that was honest, that was open. It was transparent. I want to see. And Jesus said, it's by your faith. Wow. <laughs> so how deep is your faith today? You know, a little bit. How great is your desire, your great passion to be all of what God wants you to be. He loves you. He created you. He gave you this moment. He allowed you to breathe this breath that you're fixing to breathe. His gift. What a gift today. Pastor Bob, it couldn't be any greater. The beauty of the temperature the brightness of the sun. I mean, this is a perfect Michigan day. I mean, right here. There's some sand over there somewhere, you know, and there's the water. How perfect it is. God's gift to you. So what do you want? You want to enjoy it? You want a greater desire to obey the Lord, be committed to him? He gives you the privilege to answer that question. What do you want? What do you really want? Let's pray. Father, how we thank you today for the powerful words of Jesus in Mark 10, where he was speaking to blind Bartimaeus and saying, it's by your faith that you've been made whole. And Bartimaeus started jumping up and down, and he was able to see. Like us here in this place today, if we're able to see, we see the beauty of your creation, the beauty of this sanctuary where we come. And we call it sanctuary because of the purpose that calls us here. And we know that it's how we think about you that makes all the difference in life. And we ask that right now you would touch our hearts. Allow us, O oh God, to be all of what you want us to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, may we be obedient and respond to your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's all